Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This is the edible voice for your local announcer and bringing to you a question. What's for food? What's for water? What's for everything else that you eat and drink? It's time now for the food show. The food show covers all of that stuff and a whole bunch more that we put it down and uh, we talk about what you have found lately that's been just delicious, some things maybe that you didn't. Uh, but anything on your mind about food, about cooking, about uh, wine, restaurants, you know, the whole thing, you're always welcome. Uh, and it's great to have you on the show. It's, as a matter of fact, it's uh, great to have anybody on the program. And we got lucky again today because, uh, well, I didn't know. Uh, I thought we were going to miss it for a minute. But it's actually uh, Marianne is here. Hello. You thought I wasn't going to be here for some reason? Well, I had this feeling that you that you were telling me that at some point, but uh, hmm. it okay. must have been. Um, a dream or something. That's a dream. Doug yeah. says that we have Billy Wright on the phone, and we have a thank you for him. So let's put him right on. Let's do. Billy Wright. Billy, how you doing? I was wondering, I was calling to see if you got my tamales or dropped off to you and make sure they didn't eat them at the desk before I got to you. (laughs) Uh, Unless these are hot tamales that were... um... Yes, we did. We got them. They were warm and delicious. Oh, wonderful, wonderful. I'm glad you enjoyed them, you know? How's it going for you? This is Billy Wright. It's going good. Yeah. Good. Are you are you going to be doing a, a little truck or something? That's what you told us the last time. Folks, this is yeah, Billy Wright. I'm, I'm looking I'm looking to get either a truck or a little uh, small little restaurant. I can do, you know, the tamales and some kind of uh, fusion between New Orleans and Latin stuff. You know, maybe some uh, Honduran or Argentinian mm-hmm. stuff, a little more sophisticated, along with the tamales. You know, I got some several ideas, you know, tamales and grits. I think I told you about that. That's wonderful. You take the saute some onions, bell pepper, and garlic, and put the juice that comes with tamales in there, thicken it up with a little butter, emulsify it, you know, and uh, break up about seven or eight tamales on top of your grits and pour that sauce on it, and it's killer, you know? Yeah, that sounds like a good brunch idea. Um, how oh, are yeah. you still at the corner of... Hmm? Are you I'm still sitting the here right of... now waiting for the rain to come, trying to sell oh, tamales are. before the rain. And I got to get home to watch how's, the things, you know. Business? So, is business, business is good? great. Is it? Yeah, it's great. It's great. Good. Hey, are great. you still on the corner of uh, Robert E. Lee and Canal Boulevard? I'm sitting here right now. Mm-hmm. He's on the corner of Robert E. Lee. Oh, no kidding. Ready to go. And uh, Canal Boulevard, selling uh, manual-style man- tamales. <laughs> yep, yep. I just get. Mm-hmm. Oh, I got a customer right now. Okay. Oh gosh, how many yeah, do you think they're going to buy? Um, you have a Facebook page. You want to take care of your customer, and we'll talk about what you're doing while yeah, you're taking I'm care of your I'm talking to Tom Fitzmorris right now on the radio about my tamales. They love them. <laughs> Imagine that. Hey, Twelve dollars a dozen. 
dozen. They're twelve dollars right. a dozen. Okay. So you you're rolling them all the yourself, unlike the Honduran ladies who were in the little cave. Well, yeah, Carrollton. We rolled, you know, uh, we rolled twelve hundred this morning. These are fresh. <gasps> wow. oh well, uh, well um, <laughs> two days ago. No, it was just yesterday. What am I thinking? Uh, I think that was you uh, on on the corner Friday. of Robert E. Lee. It was. It was. Was it anyway, Thursday or Friday? Well, it was. It was in front of the church, which ah. is where I oh, was no, at the uh, time. Believe it or not, it's on Harrison Avenue. Har- uh, no, this one was on a car on uh, airline. No, excuse me. It's the. Uh, it was on Robert E. Lee at the corner of. Uh, uh, There's know. no church there, Tom. There's no church there, but oh, anyway, well. um, oh, you, oh, never mind. Uh, you're you're the corner of Robert E. Lee and Canal, Canal Boulevard, Boulevard. but right. you you probably post all of this on your Facebook page. Where is that? Whose whose page? What's Mine that? or hers or his? Billy, what's Billy. your Facebook page? Uh, it's um, Billy Wright's Manual Style Hot Tamales. Okay. Mm-hmm. Billy Wright's manual style hot tamales, and these are actually kind of a little bit larger, just a little bit, but they are doppelgangers for the original, I have to say. They really are. Oh, yeah, they're much better. Yeah. Yeah. Congratulations to you for bringing back a great old tradition that would never have come back because I don't even know, I wouldn't even know where to start looking for that recipe. But yeah, I, uh, it has lived a long time without I, any interruptions. Yeah, I had uh, the taste of growing up. You know, I'm 70, and I grew up on them. And uh, I just tried. I went to everybody in town, the people I'd met, and all everybody said they had manuals, but they didn't. It wasn't manuals. Nope. So I worked on it for about a year. And my lawyer, who uh, went to Jesuit, uh, Ron Welker, and his um, – uh, taste buds I used as a uh, can, you know, as, as a test plate. And one day I wrapped up some in newspaper and said, stop out of the house. He came and got them and 20 minutes later he called me and said, don't change the thing. You nailed it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. They really, I mean, <laughs> they're, they're not quite as greasy as manuals. Which but that would really take something. Mm-hmm. No, that's a good thing, but uh, but it's yeah. good. It's that good. that to me was the standard all my life was you know. Oh, I think everybody felt that out. way. Yeah, that was uh, that was the the standard by which all others were settled. Yeah, it's really yeah, good I stuff. Think, I'm happy I, uh, for you. Tell us, please, when you do land in a truck or someplace. Oh, I will. I will. Okay. Okay. Oh, well. St- stay in touch and thank you for dropping those off. They were delicious. Yeah. All right. Thank you. Go Saints. See ya. Take care. I guess Bye-bye. so. And go Saints, too. Oh, go Saints. Yes. Yeah, yeah that's yes. what he said. Yeah. Yep. He, uh, he made no, was... no, uh, no foolishness. Actually, it was right in front of the church I go to. They were selling them right on the sidewalk. Okay, great. That's great. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm all Activity. for it. Okay. And, uh, Two six zero six three six eight is the number. That's two six zero menu. That was Billy Wright, of Billy Wright. That's W R I G H T. Billy Wright's manuals style tamales, and they are exactly as stated. They mm-hmm. look 
like mm. the real thing. Yep. I remember the first time we saw that, we were we driving by. I know we were driving by Robert E. Lee, and just out of the corner of my eye, I saw Manuel's hot tamales, and I'm like, screeched, made a U-turn to go see what that was because I mean, this is such an iconic thing. If somebody reopened it, it would be big, big news. Anyway, it's not officially manuals, but I think his description that they were our manual style is absolutely for sure uh, a great, great new thing. Mm -hmm. Or a great, great old thing brought back. Yeah, but I mean, it's not that you can't say that it's exactly the same because, you know, because it's not the recipe from the family or sanctioned by the family or who even knows where the family is. But, um, but 15 years ago, that, that was wiped out, and now it looks like it could be coming back, which is super exciting. Imagine. Anyway, look for him on Facebook if you would like to go uh, buy the tamales. He is literally selling them on the corner, like on the corner of Robert E. Lee and Canal Boulevard. Two six zero six three six eight. We were not in on Friday. Why weren't we in on so, Friday? So uh, oh, people we were wondering we we where we were all. and what we were doing was taking the day off, but we didn't know we had a day off until we got a call Thursday night saying that um, the the it's not a it's like the local Super Bowl of high school sports. Oh, that'll get you. Yeah, was on. Yeah, they they go wild. They absolutely do, and there were just legions of people legions of people crawling around the CBD over the weekend. Anyway, uh, so well, what's that going is on today? done, and Since we here, are yeah. back to normal life, or sort of normal life, holiday <laughs> life, holiday life. Uh-huh. As we get uh, closer and closer to Christmas, it's just a week away. So I have to call Adam Aquistapace today because I asked him if he would come in tomorrow and do a champagne tasting with oh, us. Oh, gosh. And well, he would he know. he said yes, but I, I probed him for details, and I haven't gotten them, so I have to check with him and see if he's really going to be there. Well, I know where the uh, but champagne I is. I want to... In case you need that. Yes. Mm-hmm. I want to talk about some champagnes, because it's the holidays. It's mm-hmm. the holiday season. da do ba up be bum And... Uh, and I, I, I think that people are going to be looking for champagnes, and, and not the usual kind, the kinds that are maybe not so well-known. That's what I asked him to bring, things that are not so well-known, that are mid-priced and, and uh, interesting, different, something that will make an impression on your friends, like you know something about champagne if they've never heard of it, especially if it's good. Well, champagne is one of those really interesting items. It can go either way. You can put it down and not spend a whole lot of money on it, or you can put another one down on the same uh, same countertop and uh, let it be known that this is a fairly expensive thing, and you can you can get enjoyment from either end of it, and it, it and it works. Yeah. And uh, everybody loves it. If you have ever been uh, motivated to give as a gift to a friend or maybe somebody who's getting married or you know whatever uh, you have going on and if you'd like to uh, give them a little something uh, and even if you know that they these people are uh, people who are really into wine and uh, that sort of thing 
go ahead and give them the champagne because everybody loves champagne. Yes. I, I, I mean, even even I, I drink champagne. Imagine. I know. I'm, Who let I don't, you? I don't really drink much of anything, but even I drink champagne, which is mm-hmm. saying something. Tom, today is the birthday of two very special authors. Oh, really? Both women, both Brits. Hmm. And one of them is... Is one of them a queen? Beatrix Potter. Oh. And the other is my favorite of all time, Jane Austen. Mm-hmm. I've heard this if before. If you are an Austen freak, as I am, <laughs> I thought it might be fun to imagine yourself in the dining room or the kitchen of people from that era. Now, Jane Austen's her heroines did not have very much money. Their, their fortunes were based on a lineage and inheriting property. But really, they didn't do much of anything. But they had this incredible staff that cooked their meals, and they sat down in a very formal way and ate things that are really kind of highfalutin. So I just thought it might be fun if you uh, wanted to imagine yourself in those times. I have to say that I kind of really like the times we live in for cooking, that the idea of trying to keep food back in that mm-hmm. time uh, is, and the kinds of food that they ate, which was... Well, frankly, gross mutton and such things. I, you know what I've, I've, I've not, always wondered about. I'm a modern kind of girl. Go ahead. What? We were talking a moment, a moment ago about uh, real high uh, finagle mm-hmm. or something. Like, I said highfalutin. Uh-huh. Highfalutin. Okay, uh-huh. what's the lowfalutin? Has anyone investigated this? Lowfalutin, but yeah. lowfalutin would yeah. be. I think lowfalutin would be the kinds of foods that you, if you are watching the Saints game tonight, the Saints game will find. Ad, yes, will find advertised ad nauseum. <laughs> Things like a taco made of chicken breast and deep fried. That would be low-falutin food to me. Especially the way most people fry chicken. <laughs> when I see all of those commercials, I go, come on, does, do people actually eat that? And I think the answer is yes, apparently, because um, there's tremendous amounts of money spent advertising it. Uh, well, let, let's go into that, and I, I will add a little something to it that uh, came about yesterday and it was um, something I'll say yeah, for a few have more to minutes. think about it for a little bit you well, know uh, as I think about the Jane Austen food I remember going to Williamsburg and having that Welsh rabbit Welsh rabbit yes described on the menu as ham a wash in beer with melted cheese or ham and cheese a wash in beer I don't recommend mm-hmm. that dish 
to no. anyone. No, I don't. Two six zero six three six eight is the number. If you would let chat, like to chat about this or anything, we have lots to talk about. We went to a soft opening on Friday that we'll talk about, and uh, lots more when we come back. You're mm. listening to WWL 105.3 FM HD2. The Almanac is a feast or famine thing, and today it is a feast. Yeah, what are we So feasting? many good things on the Almanac, we just won't even be able to get to them all. Mm. First of all, I was wrong about um, Beatrix Potter published the first Peter Rabbit today in 1901. Mm-hmm. And Jane Austen was actually born today. You don't have her birthday there. I but don't. No, you don't. Oh, what year this, that right? was. Today is National Chocolate Covered Anything Day. You know what? The only thing that I like covered in chocolate is nuts i'm not one of those pretzel Mm. people or anything what do you want to see covered in chocolate two six zero six three six eight is the number uh there is so much a doug corrected me which he loves to do while we were off the air welsh rarebit but if i had said Mm. welsh rarebit would many people have known what it was on the other hand Welsh rabbit, you know what that is. Actually, nobody knows what it is because I nobody didn't know what it was when I sat down to eat it. But trust me, this kind of very aged ham with cheese and then beer thrown on it and then baked sound is about as good as it sounds. Just have to trust me on that. You know that... Um that exhibit, or it's probably a lot more than an exhibit, in the in the Northeast, in the Carolinas, I think. I'm sorry. Uh, you talking about Williamsburg? Williamsburg, that's yeah. it. Yeah. Well, they showed a lot of uh, dishes that were prepared. In yeah, that's were, all they do. Yeah, it's like that, it's like a time warp. Yeah, and and there was some Welsh rabbit. I had it one night, and I almost fainted. It was a really really dark tavern, and the ceilings were very low, and it was. Summertime, so it was really hot in there. And then the room was already almost spinning. And then this thing came and sat in front of me. And it smelled, it smelled yeah. old and alcoholic. And then I took a bite of it, and that was kind of like the end. It was not, it was not something. It's not recommended, I would say. Well, here's one that you may have heard before, but uh, not too many people have ever e- eaten it. I have uh, Brunswick stew. Yeah, they had that on the menu too. I'll bet you. You had it. You had it that night. I had it that night. Yeah, so it's not like Tom and I could have swapped plates or anything. We were both stuck. <laughs> do, do you know what Brunswick stew is? Yes, I do. What is it? You it's, don't want to tell It's them? Vittles. Vittles? Close. <laughs> it amounts to Vittles. It's pieces and parts of critters. Yeah. Yeah, that's what it is. Yeah, well, there's a little in more a, to in it. In a than... stew. Yep. What, but what I don't kind? want to eat critters. No? No. You don't want to take a guess? What kind? Squirrel? Yeah. Uh, yeah, you got it. That's it. Yeah. Squirrel. Yeah. It's a squirrel, yeah. and it's Brunswick stew, and and if you go to those historic sites in the, in the Northeast, don't eat this. Don't, stuff. Well, if you don't like to eat it, nobody's going to make you do it. That's for <laughs> go to the local curio shop and get a hot dog. What, Doug? It's probably yelling at me again. Yeah. It is. Wait, Doug's taking his oracle thing to to to. It's letting it get to his head. Of course, we know it's in Virginia. 
we have gone to, <laughs> down to silence for some I don't reason. know. I mean, he's like saying these things that are obvious. All right. So the other thing mm-hmm. was the Boston Tea Party happened today in 1773. I, I wonder if when they did it, they had these extra big... Uh, um, Crates? No, I, I'm pitchers. You could call them pitchers. They're big enough. Keggers? No, what? Yeah, a big, uh, a big, big. Uh, yeah, what? Tom? Thing what? You drink out of. Yeah, a mug. Bigger than a mug. You know, uh, when when you go to restaurants leaders. nowadays, they bring you on an enormous uh, uh, one of these things, and then you just drink it right there, and they come by and they bring you more. You know, it's every restaurant you go to. Yeah. Uh, no? I just get my iced tea refilled over and over again, but I need to drink even more iced tea than I normally do because today is the day of the Boston Tea Party. I don't think there are too many things more wonderful than tea. It's like tea and chocolate are my two huge vices. But mm-hmm. if you have a particular tea that you like, uh, it probably was not the kind at the Boston Tea Party. But I would love to hear from you because I'm not a coffee person, but I am a tea person. And if you are also a tea person, do give me a call. Right now I'm drinking Moroccan mint. Moroccan mint. Do you? Would you have picked that out if you'd have known that's what it I did pick it out. Was? I picked well, it out, if, yes. But if you were just handed a glass full of this, would you detect it as anything Yes, unusual? but you should smell the mint. You can smell the mint. Yeah, you can definitely smell the mint. Moroccan mint. Um... I like this turmeric ginger tea that I discovered in D.C. Yes. There's Mm -hmm. all kinds of great, great teas out there. If anyone frequents like the English Tea Room in Covington uh, and you have a a particular tea that you like, yes. Maybe we should call her and put her on. She's been on with us before. Yeah, it's fun. Does does she know some stuff? She does, really, and she has an incredible shop where the walls are just lined with tea, and she'll mix something up for you right on the spot, which is kind of cool, which is very much like what happens at a place like Fortnum & Mason where they have a whole tea section, and you you get an envelope, and they'll mix the little tea, little nurdles of dried leaves into tea and and then you get it mixed for you right there i have another stash of that kind of stuff at the mm-hmm. house too two six zero six three six eight is the number if you would like to chat about this or anything give us a yeah. call please we have a couple of other things going on one of them relates to this and the other one doesn't the one that relates is uh, a tea that uh, just came into uh my world no, no well i guess you could call it my world but the uh but when you when you reach in and have a, a glass of water or mm-hmm. and uh, and you just drink it away you you might well have a, a tea made with coffee and tea is incorporated into the coffee so you have a fruit fla- well a mint flavored coffee would are we talking about on? mint or tea because mint, if you put no. coffee in tea it's going to taste like coffee because coffee uh, you know, is a much stronger flavor. I don't know. I've never tried it before, but it came up in conversation, uh, uh, I think, about a year ago. We were giving out the last remaining um, uh, stockings that each other in my family were giving to one another. And what I got was a tea flavored with mint. And I haven't drunk it yet, so today might be the perfect day to do it. 
That's... Or maybe just we'd forget about it. Yeah, no, you can give it to me because I'll oh, drink okay. it because you're not much of a tea drinker. But I would imagine that there was no mint in the tea that went into the Boston Harbor. And yes, not. Doug, I know that Boston is in Massachusetts. <laughs> Garlic and sardines, you know, that would also be in there, I think. Two six zero six three six eight is the number if you would like to chat about this or anything, anything else. else. Yeah. We went to Acropolis on Friday. Yeah. Uh, I wrote an article about that today, mm-hmm. and um, you know that's that I I was I kept getting away from the the whole description of of that place and thinking about uh, all of the other things that come and go through there. Yeah, um, we went to the new uh, uptown location of Acropolis. It was a soft opening. Well, what street is that on? I was Ferret. Ferret and Ferret at. Oh, gee, the side street. It's about a block or two west of Napoleon. Okay. It's right next to Napoleon. It's, it's right next it's, to it's Ancora in the, uh, in the Hi-Hat hmm. in the old Wayfair space. Oh, okay. All anyway, right. um, we went to Rock Rose when it first opened probably a month or a little more than that ago. And... Um, we went to Acropolis Friday night, and mm-hmm. they're very different. You know, it's funny that Rock Rose bills itself as street food from Greece, but that was anything but street food. That was very sophisticated, kicked up a notch, Greek, mm-hmm. gourmet food. You know, the... the uh uh, that that's the kind of thing that we have. Acropolis uh, was not. Acropolis. And, Acropolis and, is more well, like what well, you would find in a neighborhood well, cafe. Greek food in general. What about it? We don't have very much of we don't. it here. And it's funny, you know, why would that be? The, it has uh, the characteristics. It doesn't taste the same, but it's, it has that feeling that something along those lines might uh, you know, meld into the rest of the... My feeling is that there isn't a very large Greek community here, like there is Italian Sicilians or something like that. But, but they are, There are a lot of them, but it's just for some reason they don't go to eat in restaurants very much. My theory has always been that uh, a Greek coming home, or even more so to his mother's home, home uh, and they start cooking... Uh, everybody at the table is going to say, "Well, wait, we don't don't cook your food for us. We're going to get." Uh, uh, I'm trying to think of the the uh, word for grand grandmother. Yeah, 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 and uh, and so somebody gets the yeah, yeah, and the and the people who really want the the the, the food, they it comes out uh, later when they can move it on. I don't I don't know if I would. <clears throat> understand or agree with anything that you just said because I I think it's really a question of I think I I tell you the truth I think it's kind of a question of how much first of all I think it's a numbers question I think it's I think there was a tremendous amount of Sicilians who came into New Orleans and I think that they probably assimilated more into the American culture than maybe the Greek community did. I'm sure that's true. And so that's probably got a lot to do with it as well. And 
I don't know, maybe it's that, I'm afraid to say this, but it, it's kind of mm-hmm. true. Yeah. Italian food tastes better than just about any food there is out there, oh, including you, Greek. You, I mean, I like Greek food. You but will not get an argument from me. you give me the choice of the two, and that may be why there was a lot of Italian food on that menu last night. Because if you go into a Greek restaurant and you maybe don't want Greek food, there's Italian food, too. Because who mm-hmm. doesn't love Italian food? Yeah, that's it. It's I mean, the food really, show. Okay. I'm Tom Fitzmorris. And um, Doug is telling us something Yes, he here. is. He's saying it's time to go to a break. So We will talking. return with more of the food show after first, please, this. I'm Tom Fitzmorris. Uh, you uh, are part of our team here. If you want to come in and talk to a, us about anything, if it's about food or about Soft drinks, tea, not so tea, mint tea, and you know, I better stop there. And uh, we just keep on going on and on like we have been doing for 30 something years. And we're happy uh, that we're still here and always a part of the city, especially because of uh, all the people that are in it and out of it, too. Does it seem a little warm in here? No. No. Okay. I thought it might be, but no. no. All right. So you're going to tell no. your goose story? The goose story, yeah. Uh, we the, let me back up and start at the beginning of this. Uh, when we're, I'm looking over the Revion menus, which are already in force, I'm pretty yes, sure. Yes, for sure. And the, just to, to make a long, tall, uh, short. Long story short. Too it, late. Go ahead. Okay. Here's uh, <laughs> here's what happens. Uh, you go to a, one of the Revion restaurants. This they're scattered around town. They mostly after Christmas. No, they're before Christmas. Before Christmas. They're the month you of sure? December. Okay, I'll take your word on that. I mean, they're after Christmas Eve. I mean, the, the true meaning of Revion is after Christmas Eve, you go to church for midnight mass, then you come back and you eat all night. That's the old story. And so about 20 years ago, yeah, I'd say about 20 years ago in the 90s, these started to get really, really hot. It was like somebody found the tradition and they went with it. And so everybody started doing a Revion menu. But essentially what it is, is it's the same kind of thing as Restaurant Week and uh, Culinary and all that. It's a special mm-hmm. menu that allows you to try these places for what might seem, in the case of Revion's, not so much a lesser price. Anyway. It's a pretty good deal. Oh, I think the Revions are and, great. And, uh, and as a matter of fact, the more I look at the menus, the more I like them. There's some yeah. I really want to go yeah, to. Yeah, they, they, they really are uh, terrific. But uh, anyway, I always start grabbing all the Revion menus to see what's in this year's batch. And I'm always on the lookout for items that are distinctly New Orleans kind of things. Okay. Uh, or or dishes that you don't see outside of New Orleans. And one of them that I've done this before with is the, uh, uh, this, it looks like a, a, a log. This is, uh, this is a name for that and I've forgotten it again. Uh, but anyway, there's a, uh, there's, uh, there's For that. the Revions? For the Revions, yeah. They have uh, the log, the logs. There's a word for those. You know what? I think we should dump the preamble and go right to the story. Okay, the real story. So the Revion, you're at a Revion. So I'm, I'm at the, at the Revion dinner. Okay. It was one of our Eat Club dinners. Yes. We had about 40, 50 people who were having dinner with me. Yes. And uh, we get to talking, and uh, one of the things they had on their menu that night was uh, roast goose. goose. Roast yes. goose. Now, roast goose is a is a uh, without a doubt uh, it is the, the quintessential kind of thing, kid, 
a Christmas dish. A Christmas dish, yeah. exactly right. Mm -hmm. And uh, so uh, that's that's pretty interesting. And I went in and I started looking. There was a restaurant. A re I don't remember which one it was. Yeah. But they were going to do it, and they had all the ingredients. They had the goose. They had uh, um, figgy pudding. No, no, no. You do but, that with but beef. Okay. It, uh, but what is a figgy pudding anyway? A, where you put figs in it. Anyway, um, where was I? You were talking about the goose. The goose. At okay, the so yeah, we had uh, a couple of people who, when they got to the entree for their Revion dinner, they said, "Well, Christmas goose. This is a classic. I'm going to try this." And they they would get it, and they'd bring it home, and uh, just about everybody I ever talked to uh, loved them. But uh, there was uh, one time, uh, there was a couple who were sitting next to one another. I think we're finally getting to the story. Yeah, yeah. And uh, uh, anyway, they... they the uh, husband said... The husband uh, said, let's see, what did he... What, uh, Why don't you just read it right off yeah, the page, the, Tom? Yeah, it's, it, it would, I would probably do a better job of that. The husband said... The husband said... How about, how about a little... Goose. A little goose. I'm sorry, I have to take your story over. Okay, thank you. <laughs> the husband said, "Hey, honey, how about a little goose?" And ah, she but here's said, the, here's the second part. The uh, but what could be harder to find in a restaurant than a goose? The Revion menus, and anyway, uh, so. <laughs> I'm taking the story back again. Uh-huh, you are. Anyway. <laughs> so he said, how about a little goose? And she about smacked him. Yeah. But that was an actual conversation at uh, that, a dinner, a Revion that it, you it, remember. It happened in front sort of my of. eyes. <laughs> it was... And oh I man, thought, I'm sweating. When those uh, start happening, I start sweating. Everybody like, was everybody was laughing about yeah. it though, so uh -huh. nobody was well, bent course, out of shape. Well, of course, why not? There I are mean, people was, who get a bent out yes, of shape it's kind for of nothing. Amazing. It you really, know, it's really is. It really is. Anyway, use that A word. Two six zero six three six eight is the number if you would like to chat about this or anything, and I do mean anything having to do with mm -hmm. food. We well, would love to chat with you. This is a great here. almanac day. A great almanac day. Today yeah, is the day more. that the Boston Tea Party took place. Mm -hmm. So I threw out the topic of tea. Have you ever been to Boston? Yes, Tom, I have. <laughs> <laughs> I was not trying to Why be... Why do you ask? <laughs> I was not uh, trying to be a wise guy. I really wanted to know. Beyond, okay, so I'm going to tell this really, this is a funny story. Okay, we could use it. <laughs> Let's hear it. And you know what? This kind of brings up a subject that mm -hmm. I said to Mary Lee I was That's going to change in the new year, so I'll get a head start on it. Mm -hmm. I decided that we have this platform, and she and I both have side things that we never tout. We, we, never, we never use the platform for shameless plugs, which I'm going to do now. And which I did last week. I used uh, nomenu.com for shameless plug for her cakes. Mm. But um, but it introduces the concept of doing that. Uh, my, I, my daughter, I have a book. in case some, somebody might want, uh, who uh, is a, a, a master she of. Is. She's. Of, <laughs> of, it's an of, obscene of kind baking. of artist. Yeah, I mean, she's, she's just, just a fantastic. Uh, 
baking a, a very Un- elaborate uh, believable uh, she delivered a a cake of nut mm. crackers that i you just it's jaw dropping yeah. Merrily Cake Company. There's one plug. Anyway, like Merrily well, as yeah. in row, row, boat, Merrily down the stream. Merrily row your boat. Row, row, row your boat. Merrily down the stream. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. So Merrily Cake Company. Merrily Cake Co. Anyway, I have a book called The Susie Homemaker Chronicles. And I wrote a blog for a very long time on Facebook. And... I went and and it, it I wrote it until the end of 2014 when I my life changed very dramatically and I didn't really identify so much with the person that wrote the blog up to that point. And um and so uh there was this I would sort of write like I do now for nomenu.com but I wrote about a trip to <laughs> a trip to Boston and people who know me who like people that I text or email, know that I'm a very sloppy texter and emailer, so there's a lot of typos in it. So I'm just going to leave this to your imagination. So um, I took a duck boat mm-hmm. in the first trip to Boston. Oh, don't give me a duck. I took a duck boat. And I wrote a little synopsis of the time spent on a duck boat. And, you know, when you're into the social media thing, you tend to sort of track it and see if anybody's paying attention to any of it. And so um, there have been two times in particular when the traffic soared, absolutely soared on this blog. And um, one time was really kind of interesting. It was philosophical. It was someone at a party asked me what I did for fun. And the piece that I wrote about that just went kind of viral. And I, I, I mean, one of my kids called me and said, what in the world is going on with Susie Homemaker? And I, I just was aghast that so many people would reflect so much on that simple question what do you do for fun? Anyway, the other one was when I wrote about duck boats. <laughs> and there were so many typos in it. So just use your imagination. What what rhymes with duck where if there was a typo Don't you if there touch was it. a typo, it could be insanely funny. So anyway, but let's not that be. No, I'm not I'm not I'm just saying I know. I'm just talking about my trip mm-hmm. to Boston the first yep. time I went. Yeah. I remember this because there were so many typos that were so obscene in that one little piece that it kind of went viral. Anyway, way off the subject. Way off the subject. And uh, But that brings up another plug. Yep. I have a kid's show. I'm shopping around, folks. It's a very nice pilot, and I'm looking for investors. Tom at nomenu.com. <laughs> okay, now uh, I've used the platform. Go ahead. What platform? But anyway, this here platform. we are. It's the food show. Uh, I'm Tom Fitzmorris. We'd you love said, to have hear I ever been you. to Boston? That's how I got off Boston. of that tirade. Yeah, that's, that is so what, I, what, what did you want to ask have, me Have you ever that? been to Boston? Yes, yes. I've been okay. several times. The, what about it? I love it. The first thing that I would notice, and, and in fact that I do notice every time I go there, yeah. is they are lined, lined, I tell you, with uh, Italian food. I mean, you, yeah, you, the North End is all Italian food. It's you, yeah, just go. And it's charming. I it love is, that it's neighborhood. Charming, it's a charming, charming neighborhood. But the, there, in a, in a given block, mm-hmm. you'll find. I've seen some areas where there was about 15 restaurants that had just been set up. 
They're, it's, it, it, they're certainly into it, and uh, they're not taking it off into, uh, you know, these oddball, super gourmet kind of things. It's pretty... Actually, there is one. Yeah? And, and I find it kind of interesting because it's really sort of like an outlier in that whole scene, which is the Neptune Oyster Company, which is kind of like a teeny tiny version in look of Galatoire's. Mm. It's got the, I don't know, there's just something about it that reminds me of Galatoire's. It is a mm. very small space, but it is also a very cool place. And it's dropped right into the middle of these old-fashioned Italian eateries. And I call it like the kind of um, Italian restaurants that Billy Joel's sang about. Mm. Mm-hmm. You know, scenes from an Italian restaurant. Yeah. And... uh and they're all, you know, the thick red sauce. There are, now, there's a couple of more modern ones in there, but they still kind of have that same vibe. But then there's this Neptune oyster being right there. Neptune oyster. Is that a kind of oyster or is that something else? I think it's just the Neptune oyster bar is the name of it. Oh, we have I a see. caller. Uh-huh. We have a caller. Yes. Well, let's, uh, let's definitely. Uh, who is this uh, wonderful person? <laughs> Jim, welcome to the food show. All right. Hey, listen, a few questions um, about blanching. So, Rouse's had uh, some, a sale on um, Peloton, eight for a dollar. So, I bought about 35 or so. Wait a minute. And what, what, what is this? Peloton. Oh, melatons. Okay. Melatons. Okay. Okay. I'm sorry. I, I Go couldn't ahead. Put, quick, I couldn't figure out what. You I were thought talking. you said peloton like the racing thing that you see advertised <laughs> on television. Go ahead. Yeah. So anyway, so I, I haven't taken advantage of it. I bought a, a bunch of them, and I'm not going to be ready to cook with them probably for. They've been in my refrigerator. I heard y'all talking a few weeks ago that you could put them in the refrigerator. They'll stay for a couple of weeks. Um, or caller said that. That was avocados. Oh, to blanch them? No, they were talking about avocados that would be good in the refrigerator for up to 10 days. That was the, if I recall. Okay, all right. My question is this. I'd like to blanch them and then, well, is that the process? Blanch them and then I can save them a little longer? Or should I just use them as soon as they start... uh, you know, start to, to, to look a little funny. For avocados? No, forget avocados. No. Okay. Let me ask you this. When are you planning to use them? Uh, uh, probably next week. Oh, goodness. And is it going to be in one of those, like, casseroles that where, where it's going to be, be soft? I'm sorry, what? Shrimp stuffed melaton is what I'm making. Okay. Hmm. Okay. So you do want the meat to be intact. It's not going to be part of like a, a mashed up casserole. It, it, it part of it will be, yes. I'll, mm-hmm. I'll, you know, the idea is to, is to preserve them first. If they're good in the okay. refrigerator for another week, then I'm, I'm good. Okay. Um, otherwise, I'll have to cook them and, and prepare them. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, thanks for sharing. No, that I with would us. say that if you if you blanched them and then scooped out the meat, I've never tried this. Okay, I'm just saying. I'm just thinking, uh, if you blanched yeah. them and scooped out the meat and then even froze the meat, and you, then the inside's going to be that casserole thing, right? You're just going to put it back in the shell, right? 
correct. That's absolutely right. That's right. Yeah. So I would just I would blanch them enough to make the meat come out of the shell, and or or even I don't know. I I would say if you blanched them and froze them, that would be fine. I wouldn't. I don't know if I would just leave them in the refrigerator. Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd really hesitate at that, but there, there are it. a lot of people who have told me that they do uh, freeze them or put them in other places where they are very, very cold, and uh, I don't know, I've never tried it yet. I feel I, I, I'm hesitant <laughs> to uh, give I mean, away uh, yeah, what's avocado. the worst? What's the worst that could happen? The worst that could happen would be that the shells don't hold up, and you would have to just take all of the meat and pulp and right. and put it in a casserole dish. I mean, that's not a horrible thing, you know? That's right. That's a good idea. Mm-hmm. So yeah, here's so I, I, subject. Go ahead. What? One other thing about I just bought uh, about 40 pounds of uh, nice, fat female crab. And, Ooh, but I well, can't that's the, there's the money. Yeah, I can't, get, I can't use them tonight, but I want to go home and blanch them. Uh, yeah. and, and well, then maybe, you know, what's the advice on that? Well, the, the, the main thing uh, you ought to practice with, with crab meat is put it in, get it out really quickly, short cooking, uh, in and out. That's, that's the way to go because crab meat is so good, and it's so expensive yeah. that you, you get you know, What are you going to do with the crabs? Oh, gosh, what's your eat ultimate? Them. No, what's your yeah, ultimate destination? My... Are you going to pick them and do something with them or what? I'm going to, yeah, have my daughter, my wife, they can eat whatever they want. And after that, pick the meat, separate the claw and the other, and then save it for when I do cooking. Yeah. Uh, Well, that sounds like like a great party. Do what you need to do with them and then pick it. And then, uh, I don't know, you can freeze crab meat, can't you, Tom? Oh, yeah, yeah. And then freeze it. It it deteriorates it a little bit. But But just a little bit. I mean, if if you're doing it in some kind of... Again, like crab meat or gratin, I can't imagine that that would be bad. Yeah, no problem. Right. Yeah. Don't the know. only problem is going to come right. if there's no crab meat left over after they eat them. Uh-oh. Well, that is a problem. <laughs> I don't well, know. It's a problem for me. So, thanks uh, thanks for dropping in. What? Amber in. So, uh, yeah. Tom, look, if you have a moment, yeah. I, I need you to well, one other thing. A while back, you, you talked about, it's a totally different subject, about um, – the, the name of the drink, the old-fashioned, and how it came to be. I caught the last end of it, but it was really interesting. Mm-hmm. It's something to do with well, prohibition good. or what. So if you if you have that, uh, you know, if you can just uh, repeat that, that, that whole, it doesn't have to be today, but it, when you come across it, how that mm-hmm. drink came about, just a very interesting uh, uh, little story that you would tell. Well, it, it was so, an interesting but let me tell you what uh, what that is made out of. Uh, our friend uh, Ely has the book. Uh, what happened was I got in the in the book uh, in the uh, in the mail. You know, I, when I get cookbooks and all of these things, I save them. I don't I don't have any more room to stock, stock up any more uh, cookbooks. Uh, but I save them up and I give them away to people. And she was just wild about this idea of uh, a book that was entirely about the uh, Manhattan. Mm-hmm. The Manhattan uh, was the is the cocktail on the front of the the book. It says that it's the greatest 
cocktail in the world or the only real cocktail in the world or something like that. But what it was was a Manhattan. Should I sing now? Or well, you've got 20 seconds. Use it as you wish. <laughs> I'll take Manhattan, the Bronx and Staten Island too. It's lovely going through the zoo. It's very fancy. That's enough of that. Tom ordered a Negroni at Acropolis the other night, and I thought I was free of the Manhattan song, but oh no, there were four of them that came. We'll be back after the top of the news. We'll get that story for you on the old-fashioned, Jim, uh, after the top of the news. You're listening to WWL 105.3 FM HD2. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.